Truth Espresso, episode 249. Face it, we all would rather sleep in this morning. <sighs> That's why God gave us espresso, to kickstart our zombified corpses into hyperdrive. And now, giving your mind and soul the morning shot of truth it craves. This is Truth Espresso with Daniel Minnick. Hello, this is your host, Daniel Minnick, for Truth Espresso, and this is another episode of Truth Espresso Express. I am on my way to work this Thursday morning. <laughs> Looks like a neighbor has a, a pile of dirt and rocks for some kind of project there and had to kind of swerve around it while someone was coming the other way and make way for them. <laughs> But on this episode of Truth Espresso Express, I am continuing my series answering the question, was Jesus a socialist? And a co-worker inspired me to start the series when at one time he had posed the claim to me in a conversation at work that Jesus was a socialist. And at the time I thought, yeah, I've heard that claim before, I've read about it. Now, let me read some scriptures, let me see what some of the articles have to say that try to make that claim, and see if the Bible really holds up, especially see if the teachings and actions of Jesus really support that claim. And as I was studying articles and verses answering the question, was Jesus a socialist? I've seen claims from Christian socialists that Jesus either would have supported universal health care if he lived today, or that he practiced universal health care during his ministry. And so that we can look at Jesus healing all the sick and diseased and those who were possessed during his ministry as kind of a wink and a nod to all his followers and to everyone today that they should go and do likewise. And how does that work? Well, that they should heal everyone. And the implication is that, well, why is not everyone healed today? Well, because our evil capitalist meritocracy-based healthcare system with evil things like actual prices of labor and resources can end up with some people possibly not receiving the care that they need. And that, therefore, that is disobeying the command or at least the principal model of Jesus when he went through the towns and some verses in the gospel say, and he healed all the sick and those who were sick of the palsy and those who, whatever manner of illness, he healed them. So, therefore, let us understand that to be like Jesus, we need to make sure that everyone is healed. And the only way to do that universal health care, socialized medicine, central controlled, government controlled health system in which the cost of health care is somehow made invisible and spread around and that's somehow the same as Jesus going around healing everyone. When I read those claims, I always want to be respectful to people when they try to interpret verses of scripture. 
at first glance, someone could just look at that claim and say, okay, you've got a point. I want to entertain what people have to offer in their arguments, of course, before investigating them and tearing them apart. At least they're trying, and at least they're coming to the scriptures, you know. They're going to pull verses out of context, because that's what you have to do when you're making the claim that Jesus was a socialist. But in answering the question, did Jesus support universal health care, socialized health care, I'd like to answer that by asking and answering other questions based on the Gospels. So the first one I would like to ask ourselves is this question. Was Jesus' healing ministry a model for all Christians? Because that's the implication when you take verses saying that Jesus went through all the towns and healed all manner of sick, is to ask, well, is Jesus indicating that he's just the forerunner of something? Is he just saying, hey, go and do likewise? Well, he did tell some of his disciples, greater works than these will you do, but is Jesus healing people in the cities and healing all manner of diseases in these verses to say, this is how I want you to set up structures? Jesus himself going to cities in which he did not live and doing ministry and healing people, is that a model for government? Is that what he's trying to say? Is he saying, now, because I'm going around and miraculously healing people, therefore, you have to set up some kind of social structure and pool money and resources and heal people by means of your labor and money in such a way that everyone gets healed, in such a way that the costs of health care, though they be great, yet they be dispersed and hidden in such a way that they become invisible to some people, although it also requires that governments have to use the sword or the gun, in our case, to tax people to pay for this stuff. Yeah, is that what Jesus was intending to convey by him as an individual with a specific ministry and purpose to go about uh, healing people miraculously? I think the question answers itself. How can Jesus, with his very unique ministry, whereby, by the power of God, and he was the God-man, and the power of the Holy Spirit over his ministry, to do supernatural acts to heal people, how can that be a model for people who do not have that power? Is Jesus, when he was in the temple in, in Luke chapter 4, where he quotes from uh, Isaiah 61 and, and 42, where he says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel, the good news to the poor. 
and sent me to heal the brokenhearted and preach deliverance, give sight to the blind and uh, restore the captives and all that. But that Jesus also conflates two passages in Isaiah. I mentioned Isaiah 61, which was most of it, but he also conflates, conflates it with a verse from Isaiah 42 where it mentions to open the eyes of the blind and bring those who are sitting in darkness out. So opening the eyes of the blind there. So Jesus gives his claim to miracles, the start of his ministry of miracles and his preaching the gospel as a fulfillment of prophecy. Now, Isaiah is talking about Israel having that mission, but we know that the writers of the New Testament and Jesus here applies them to himself as the true Israel, the representative of Israel, the one who makes Israel that light to the nations because he is the king of Israel, he is the representative of Israel, he is the one who is given as a covenant of the people and a light to the Gentiles. Jesus is saying that he is unique here and that therefore they have to trust in him. He is not a social reformer. He is not someone who just goes around and does things saying, okay, I started it, now guys, you have to finish and do everything and implement everything in light of what I have done. No, there are there is uniqueness to what Jesus did. Remember that Jesus said that he had power on earth to forgive sins. When he said to the one who was sick of the palsy, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees said, why does he speak like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus says that you will know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Now, the words Son of Man have been given to other prophets, but Jesus made it a, a unique term for himself. He is the unique Son of Man, and by being the Son of Man, the one and only Son of Man, he has power on earth to forgive sins. Now, there's a, a verse from John uh, chapter 6 that I read, you know, that's the, the chapter that talks about, you know, that you have the bread of life discourse in it. But at the beginning of it, it says that a great multitude followed Jesus, you know, because of the miracles he did. In John chapter 5, he had done the miracle of the loaves and fishes, and people wanted to make him king, uh, and they wanted him to do more of that to feed them that the great multitudes followed him because they saw his miracles which he had did on them that were diseased. So we have to remember here, Jesus did miracles to heal the diseased. Can we do miracles to heal the diseased today? Now, faith healers, the word of faith people, will claim to do miracles, but I don't see them setting up some kind of socialist healthcare system. At least I can give them credit that if they're going to be liars and hypocrites, at least they're doing that, you know, with their own private ministries and they're not trying to compel people to set up some kind of socialized healthcare system. No, the point of miracles is that the miracles worker does the healing and although these people are charlatans and stuff at least they're not claiming that 
they're trying to set up a socialized healthcare system. But let me suggest that Jesus' power to do miracles is not a model for centrally controlling labor and scarce resources. To do that is to discount the uniqueness and the significance of miracles. <laughs> you know, at least to say the least, okay? <laughs> you cannot draw a model for socialized medicine out of Jesus demonstrating that he's the Son of God, the Son of Man, the unique one, even as the demons that they called themselves legion were terrified, saying, we know who you are. And they were afraid that Jesus would torment them before the day of judgment. Yes, that's the uniqueness of the miraculous power of Jesus to heal the sick and to cast out demons and to raise the dead. So, the answer to the first question, was Jesus' healing ministry a model for all Christians? No, not exactly. It was, a, it was to demonstrate his power and authenticate his ministry and his person. Hey there, friends, family, foes, and lurkers alike. This is Daniel Minnick, the host of the Truth Espresso podcast on the Christian podcast community. And I want you to check out Voice of Reason Radio with Chris Honholtz and Richard Story. Chris and Rich are two guys with big hearts who will bring you a show every week that is sure to be challenging, encouraging, and biblical. Voice of Reason Radio with Chris Honholtz and Richard Story is part of the Christian podcast community. Check them out at slavetothekingcom That's slavetothekingcom And tell them Truthspresso sent you. Second question, did Jesus heal everyone he saw? Because socialists will take those verses out of context. They will take the verses that say, and he went through the towns and the cities and the villages, and he healed all manner of diseases. He healed everyone who was sick. Can you sum up his entire ministry that Jesus was tirelessly going around and everyone who was sick he healed in every town, including his own town, and in Bethlehem? Do those verses say what he did everywhere, or were they certain cases? Because we can find examples in the New Testament where Jesus, did, in fact, did not heal everyone. One example is the, the Pool of Bethesda incident in John chapter 5, where there are people who are gathered by the pool, those who were infirm, and according to the commentary in the chapter, the first one who would enter, and uh, like the angel would stir the waters, the first one who would enter would be healed, and so people would gather there and wait, and if they saw the water moving, um, whoever went in there at least the belief was, would get healed. And Jesus goes up to one particular man and talks with him and finds that the man has been there for years. He has had a infirmity for 38 years, if I remember correctly. Something like that. So John, in this passage, only mentions Jesus healing one impotent man. 
Now, should we rightly understand that everyone else but this man was able to get healed in the pool? No, I don't think you could find that there because the commentary says that the first one who, who enters gets healed. There's no indication that this was an area of constant cheering and celebration that everyone who went there got healed. But yet we see only that Jesus heals this one impotent man. And he also tells that man, once he gets healed, you better be careful what you do lest a worse thing come upon you. So we don't see in this passage that Jesus healed everyone who was sick in this location. What about um, in Mark chapter 6, you have Jesus in his hometown of Nazareth, and he experienced rejection in Nazareth. So in Mark chapter 6, it mentions that he laid hands only on a few who were sick. There were many people who were sick here, but, you know, he laid hands only on a few of them, and he says that the you know, a prophet is not without dishonor in his own country. You know, he marveled about their unbelief, and he went about the towns and villages teaching. But he didn't heal all the sick in Nazareth. It says he only laid his hands only on a few because of the rejection and the unbelief. So apparently, as we'll see in the next question, Jesus' healing had a purpose and it wasn't just to heal people. And he did not, in fact, heal everyone he saw. He did not, in fact, heal everyone that he had the power to heal either. So, if Jesus' healing ministry was a model for healthcare, we see that even Jesus himself didn't heal everyone. Now, from the Nazareth example that we looked at, <laughs> Not to be like the faith healers who claim that people have to have faith, enough faith for the miracle of healing to happen. But we do see here that Jesus' healing had a purpose that he didn't heal everyone in Nazareth because of their unbelief. You know, in other words, because they were rejecting him, he didn't heal them. So you might want to say that maybe there's a model there that the belief in him was kind of a, a form of currency <laughs> uh, um, that would correspond with him healing them. You know, Jesus said to some people he healed, your faith has made you whole. I want to reiterate, I'm not talking about faith healing here, but just to stretch things, hey, if the socialists are going to take some of these passages and say that Jesus supported universal health care and we should set up a structure where prices don't matter, I could take these passages, your faith has made you whole. And Jesus um, only healed a few in Nazareth and he marveled at their unbelief to say, hey, they had to have the currency of faith to pay for that healing and therefore there were still prices intact. Yes, you might scoff at that and say, oh brother, what kind of nonsense is that? Well, it's the nonsense that comes from the same place that would suggest that Jesus' healing was a model for universal, centralized, socialized health care. Jesus also said, cast not your pearls before swine, lest they trample them underfoot. Those who would want to be healed had to believe Jesus had the unique power to heal them, and Jesus had to, at least with the intention, give them the gospel of his person and work in healing them.
There were many times Jesus wanted to keep his identity hidden. He would heal some people and tell them, don't tell anyone what happened. If Jesus were intending to make universal health care out of his healing ministry, why did he tell so many people? Someone with a speech impediment, a leper, the family of a girl he raised to life. He told them not to tell anyone what happened or who he was. What about Lazarus, who was sick unto death, and Jesus had the opportunity to go and heal them, but he didn't. He later raised him from the dead, of course, but he had the opportunity to heal him before, and he didn't. Did Jesus heal the two thieves on the cross? No. Jesus did not use his healing power to support universal health care, and it was not a model for universal health care. Now, the third question, very quickly, was Jesus healing a ministry unto itself, or was it a means toward repentance and the gospel? And I kind of alluded to that in the last point, but I want to emphasize here. So when Jesus told his disciples about their ministry to go, carry neither purse nor script, don't take two coats with you, don't take staves with you, and so on. In Matthew chapter 10, when he told them to heal the sick, and some socialists will point this out, hey, see, it's not just Jesus who healed the sick. He told his disciples, go heal the sick. Well, he also told them, raise the dead, too. So we still have to recognize that Jesus' immediate disciples there were ones whom he would give the power to do miracles. So when he says heal the sick, he's also telling them to do miracles, not to set up a... <laughs> a labor and money funded socialist health care system. He told them not to bring money, but to work and to get voluntary sustenance for their ministry because a workman is worthy of his hire. They also weren't to carry staves. Now, one could suggest that they could carry a walking stick or, you know, one for a tool as needed, but not to carry staves. And one reason for that could have been they were not to use or to give the impression that they would use these staves for any form of self-defense or violence. Now, compare this with, like, the BLM or Antifa socialists who think that they're doing righteously by committing violence in the name of social justice, and they bring weapons with them. Yeah, you can't reconcile Jesus' instructions to his disciples, where they're not to bring all this stuff with them, they're not to bring anything by which they could commit violence, with BLM and Antifa who are all about instigating violence because they think that the only way to combat what they consider to be social injustice is a violent revolution. Now, if Jesus' gospel of the kingdom that he told his disciples there were to overthrow social structures, notice that Jesus said that if a town rejects <laughs> their message, to shake the dust off their feet and go to another town. Now, I don't see how socialists could like that message because they can't accept the idea that any town should be allowed not to accept the gospel of socialism. Socialists don't really like control groups. 
<laughs> they don't really like any experiment in free market economics to happen because socialism is not a suggestion, it's a command. They don't want any society to be allowed to choose not to participate in their socialist gospel. Jesus also said, if, if someone persecutes you in a, in a town, flee to another. Now, <laughs> the BLM and Antifa people, they're the ones doing the persecuting. Now, if you try to argue in their favor that they're the ones being persecuted, well, if they were going to follow the instructions of Jesus, instead of instigating violence, they should flee to another town. They should shake the dust off their feet, like Jesus said. Jesus didn't tell his disciples to fight a violent revolution and take over the city to institute socialism and a theft-funded centralized health care system. Jesus wouldn't support universal health care by any kind of model or proposal that politicians and socialists propose today. The morality that Jesus gives for giving and healing is that of individual, voluntary actions. Was Jesus' healing ministry a model for all Christians? We see not. It was the uniqueness of his healing power, the divine power that not all Christians have. Number two, did Jesus heal everyone he saw? Nope, we see examples in the Gospels that he didn't even when he couldn't. Because, number three, was Jesus healing a ministry unto itself, or was it a means toward repentance? No, Jesus' healing ministry had another purpose, and he didn't heal unless the purpose was to further the gospel and repentance, belief in him who, for who he was, and his moral teachings and his gospel, which included that they had to repent for their sin. And no, socialist sin is not just the fact that wealth inequality exists. As we saw in a previous episode, sin included things like collecting taxes and benefiting oneself from collecting taxes and personal sins, deviancy, unfaithfulness to spouses and all that. Yes, sins that some socialists would seem to think don't hurt anyone, they're victimless crimes. And yes, as someone who would call himself libertarian, I would say that some things should not be enforced as crimes. But at the same time, as a Christian, as primarily a Christian, we also have to recognize that we do need to preach the truth. And just because something is not legally a crime, but it is in fact a vice, we need to preach against vices as vehemently as if they were crimes. And so in conclusion, I think, as I parked here at work, can we indeed answer the question, did Jesus support universal health care? I think we can answer that with an emphatic no. Thank you for waking up with Truthspresso. Good morning, and God bless your day. Hey friends, Daniel Minnick here again. If you liked waking up to this episode of Truth Espresso, I would really appreciate it if you would rate it on Apple Podcasts, 
Stitcher, or whatever application you use to listen to Truth Espresso.